up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games. But even if they don't happen, you can always fall back on reading sexy Victorian erotic murder mysteries. Okay, like it says in the description, I have a few calls. I got a couple calls from Jason. I got a call from the amazing and well-missed Jules of Jules from NZ. Uh, And then I'm going to talk about some other stuff. I can talk about books. I'm going to talk about dungeon crawling. Talk about uh, what else? I don't know. Chocolate, uh, basketball, (laughs) all kinds of stuff, man. So... Let's let's get it. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. I'm just only a little hungover this morning. Just a bit. Not much. Plus, I already went for a really nice walk on a beautiful day and had a lovely breakfast. Now I'm back home. And let's talk about the game of Wrath of the Righteous that didn't happen. So no Wrath of the Righteous this week, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, A couple of players have family in town. One of the players is like running a parade or like in charge of a parade or something. And then somebody else is like got housework to do. So basically everything conspired against us having a game this week. But uh, that's all right, man. I did. I did get some gaming in. I've started every once in a while, I'll jump into uh, this BX game that happens from time to time. I've jumped in on a couple Tuesday evening sessions, uh, and it's basically a mega dungeon crawl, and that's been really fun. I'm playing with a bunch of people I've never played with before, or not for a long time, and it's nice getting to know new people. I, I feel, I don't know, right? Like, one, I don't play BX a lot. Two, I'm not the Earth's biggest fan of dungeon crawls, but I the group and the dungeon master are all so fun that I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, and I I don't want to be the guy who talks to you. I ask a bunch of like, right? You know, we're dungeon crawling with BX, so it's all about player skill. So I am I am flexing my player skill but i also don't want to be the one who talks too much so it's it's a whole balance of things right especially because all these folks i get the feeling have played a bunch together and i'm kind of the new guy coming in so i'm you know i don't want to i don't want to ask too many questions or suggest too many ideas i don't know it's just one of those things with me i'm trying to you know, be the best team player I can possibly be. That's that's my whole goal when I play role-playing games. Uh, but it's funny, a, a couple sessions ago, I don't know if you, you all feel this way, but whenever you come up to a puzzle or a trap or, you know, something like that in a dungeon and you figure it out, do you feel like you cheated? <laughs> Even though you didn't. So we we came up to this, uh, there was this room, and on the floor was covered with ash, and on one wall was a magic mouth spell that could also shoot out fire, basically, like a flamethrower, like a dragon's breath out of its mouth, uh, and it was taunting us to come in, and I <clears throat> I eventually figured out 
the safe way through. And I, <laughs> I totally felt like I had cheated, but I didn't, I didn't. I just used asking questions and player skills and all that stuff and figured it out. <laughs> and everyone else was like, okay, man, you're over there now. I was like, yeah, I made it through. Like, come this way. It's fine. And eventually we did. Um, there was a little twist that I didn't figure out uh, until it was too late, but that that came later, and I won't talk about it just in case. I don't know. I just won't mention what the twist was. But, yeah, I, like, seriously, I felt <laughs> whenever I figure out a puzzle or so, I always feel like I did something not wrong, but, like, yeah, I feel like I cheated, even though I didn't. So I, that, that's, that's weird. I don't know. Does anyone else ever feel that way? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I feel like a regular person wouldn't feel that way. I feel like a regular person would be like, yeah, I solved the puzzle. Not me. I'm like, oh, shit, I feel like I cheated. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, dungeon crawling, you know. It's, it, it's a different kind of game than I usually play, but it, it's fun. It just asking a boatload of questions and exploring stuff and thinking, you know, trying to think your way around problems. Uh, and it's really, really nice when the team comes up with a plan. Like, for instance, there was this door that we had opened and we were looking in and, um, yeah, it opened into this freezing room. That's right. And so there was this basically a cold storage room. Uh, and I asked, Are, is there a handle on the inside of the door? And he was like, no, there's no handle on the inside of the door. So before we went in, the party decided we were going to double stake the door open. And the the uh, hallways were about 10 foot wide. So we used a 10 foot pole to even further brace the door from being able to close. And as soon as we went in that room, he said that, you know, the Dungeon Master was like, yeah, you, you hear the door trying to open, but it can't because all the stuff you did. And that's a really good feeling. That time I didn't feel like I cheated because that was the whole group decided to do that. And that was awesome, man. I love that. That's just a really good feeling when when you solve a problem and you see the fruits of your labor save your life, <laughs> you know? So I figured we'd get some gaming talk in, even though... I didn't run any Wrath of the Righteous, which makes me muy triste. No me gusta no jugando Wrath of the Righteous. That's probably really bad Spanish, but it was close. And it's been decades since I've taken any Spanish classes, so yeah, I feel alright about that. <laughs> I feel okay about that. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about books. Let's talk about what books I've been reading. Actually, it's just one. Okay, so I'm going to kind of bite Ray Otis's style here. Because in his recent, one of his recent episodes, he went through the few books that he's been reading. Uh, so I'm going to do that, except I've just been reading one. <laughs> Baby steps. I used to read all the time, but because of other things like role-playing games and podcasting and work and just 
being lazy, I, I've kind of fallen off the reading train, so it's nice to dive back into a novel. And then my last episode, Joe Salvador, the Raven God himself, Raven God Games, stay on the lookout for the Reaver Kickstarter. It's coming sometime. Um, he dropped me a bunch of recommendations. And like I talked about, I picked a few of them up. And so I started reading The Ripper's Shadow by Laura Joe Rowland, which is just a fantastic name for an author. Laura Joe Rowland. I love it. Um, and yeah, much... <laughs> Much to my surprise, The Ripper's Shadow, while being a Victorian murder mystery trying to solve uh, the Jack the Ripper crimes, it's also like a pretty erotic romance novel. And I, I freaking love it, dude. <laughs> I love it so much. I think the way that the author gets the main character, the main character is a woman named Sarah Bain, I believe, which is a pretty dope name. And by day, Sarah is a photographer where she takes pictures of, you know, people come in to get their portrait picture taken or, uh, yeah, she's, she's a photographer by day, but at night, at night, she takes boudoir photos of the hookers in the area and sells them illicitly. Totally illegal. That's absolutely illegal uh, during the Victorian time, but she does it. And it's just a brilliant way to get this character into the Jack the Ripper world because you know all this stuff comes out in like the first three pages, basically. This isn't a spoiler. Plus, I'm only like halfway i think i'm a little less than halfway done with the book so i can't even spoil it even if i wanted to um but yeah that's how this main character gets into the world and it's awesome man it's it, i just think it's so so smart and while i'm reading this book i'm just thinking yep this is how you run a call of cthulhu game with a group you know because one of the things you hear about call of cthulhu is that it almost makes more sense for it to be a one-on-one -on -one game with just one investigator and the keeper. But this book, she puts together a rad ragtag team of, to, of people to help her do this investigation. And it's great. She's got the little uh, scallywag street urchin thief character in a character named Mick. She's got um, she's got a face character who's sort of like a rich noble person in her party. She's got the beautiful femme fatale in her party, uh, and they they're trying to solve this mystery, man. And I just think it's great, you know. It, it it's the perfect Call of Cthulhu game. Plus, with all the pretty graphic depictions of sex and stuff, <laughs> it's a lot like. The kind of Call of Cthulhu game that I would run. It's it's a fantastic book. I love it. Sarah is what the kids would call a hot mess. <laughs> she is a mess of a human being. And uh, yeah, I, the author, Laura Joe does a really good job of writing all of these characters. But yeah, Sarah is constantly screwing up and falling down and all... <laughs> She's just a hot mess, but she's good at what she does. She's a really good photographer and she's brave and, you know, she's, she's timid, but also she's, she's just kind of great. Uh, 
she's just kind of great and also a giant mess. And I sort of love it. But yeah, it's a really fun book. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm not even halfway through the first book yet. And this is a series. But I haven't even been looking at the other books in this series. Because with a mystery... Looking at the synopsis of future books could be like major spoilers, you know. Like if if there's a death or something, and you read you're reading the synopsis for the second book, and it's like with the death of blah blah blah. You're like, what? Wait, what? So I haven't been looking at any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I have the feeling something bad is going to happen to some members of her circle because that's just sort of narrative causality, right? That's good storytelling. Uh, but I don't know. There, there was just a line that I just read before I started recording that was a very ominous, foreshadowy line about a picture she just took of the group. Um, yeah, the book is written in first person, which is, it took me a minute. Uh, I, I haven't read a book written in first person for a long time. And that's been pretty interesting. I, I don't dislike it. I, I was a little, I was like, whoa, it took me a second to get into it. But once, once I got over it, now it's just, it's just regular, you know. But it's, it's fun, man. The Ripper Shadow. Check it out. You know, if you're into Victorian erotic murder mysteries, check out Ripper. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be, right? But <laughs> check out the Ripper Shadow. All right, that's it. Uh, let's take some calls. Hey, my friend. I hope your day is going okay. I hope all is well. And after, well, I paused the latest episode of Keep Off the Borderlands just to call you and say, in your face, buddy. Spencer agrees with me. Yeah. Okay, back to your normal schedule. For those of you who don't, talk to Jason on a regular basis just know that anytime he starts off by saying he hopes you're having a nice day or says something nice he's gonna follow it up by talking shit <laughs> that's just what he does man uh, but that's one of the reasons I love you dude that's absolutely one of the reasons I love you so yeah that that call <laughs> from Jason was in reference to uh, keep off the borderland he just did a really Spencer just did a really in-depth, very thorough, very good overview of Apocalypse World and his feelings about Apocalypse World. And he and Jason and a few other folks out there, probably more than a few, feel that for Apocalypse World, you need a special sort of person to run the game because it's not like a regular role-playing game. And... While I disagree with that thoroughly, <laughs> I thoroughly disagree with that. I get it. I understand it because while reflecting on it, I realize that I feel that way about ICRPG, about index card RPG. To me, that game, the way it's set up, I've played in a few sessions and the sessions have been awesome. They've been super fun. I like the system. I don't know that I'd want to run it, though, because it just feels so different. It's so, it feels so prescriptive of how everything works with the timer die, 
that you roll and then you start counting down. And then once that timer reaches zero, something else happens. Uh, and then you kind of just go from scene to scene to see, like these individual little discrete packets. It feels like it feels to me more like the particles in physics than the wave functions of particles, the individual discrete particles, as opposed to the wave of those particles, if that makes any sense to anybody out there, but it probably doesn't. So yeah, man, I'm not, no shade at all towards our ICRPG. I think it's a great game. Uh, I think Runehammer is amazing. But yeah, I, I, I don't think I could run that game effectively. And I feel like that game needs somebody with certain experiences to run it. I wouldn't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'd give that to like a brand new player of RPGs and be like, this is what RPGs are like. I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. That wouldn't be my, my entry game into gaming even though it's simple and it's streamlined and it's fun but it just feels too like i said prescriptive and choppy almost it doesn't i don't know i i don't know man that's just that's the way i feel so i get why you jason feel that you need somebody special to run apocalypse world because i feel that same way about ICRPG. So, yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> I absolutely get it. Anyway, let's hear from somebody awesome, man. Not that, Jason, not that you're not awesome, but we haven't heard from this person in quite a while, and I feel like we've all missed her. Hey, Joey, it's Jules from NZ here. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, Onward was the movie I was going to call about but because I'm clearly crap at calling in properly even though I told you I was going to do it so here's me properly calling in to say that Onward is a great 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 fantasy film and yes you're right they play a version of an RPG in the game it's basically Dungeons and Dragons he has little minis and the adventurers go on quests and there's cards about like the you know the great uh, adventurers and NPCs and things that they meet along the way and the places that they visit and stuff and it's like it kind of lines it up with a myth or, or a legend um, the game was based on which is also sort of based on the town they live in which is kind of incredible with how it all ends up um, if you haven't watched it Spencer I can't believe you haven't watched it you're recommending it but um, if you haven't watched it, you really should. It's a really good um, adventure fantasy romp through almost real life. Like, it's like bringing your fantasy to life in your real life, um, which is both terrifying and exciting. So, yeah, really good time. And uh, I thought about this as I'm driving to buy fish and chips. Okay, bye. Okay, not bye, because I realized that I probably should mention hot dogs because I'm probably going to go get a crumbed fish, a hot dog, and a scoop of chips. Uh, and Joey always freaks out when I go and buy a hot dog from the fish and chip shop because apparently that's a corn dog that I'm buying, which is like a sausage covered in batter, uh, and it's not on a stick either, though. It's just a sausage 
covered in batter with no stick. Because why would you put a stick in food? You can't eat a stick. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I'm getting fish, crumbed fish, chips, and a hot dog. So, yeah, that's the best order. Ooh, and a good side of hearty tomato sauce. Yes. Okay, now bye. Okay, so there's a lot there. So when she says hearty tomato sauce, I think she's talking about ketchup and not like marinara. Um, but Jules, why would you put a stick in food and it makes no sense? Really? Street food vendors all over the world are crying right now with their meat on stick from that's that goes back to forever. Why would you do it? Because it makes it easier to eat. If you're walking around, you can't be you're not sitting down with a plate. You gotta you don't want to get your hands all dirty, so you stick a stick in some meat and cook it and then hand the stick to people and you got a meat popsicle except it's hot and savory and not cold and sweet um (laughs) so yeah onward dude sounds awesome not as awesome as fish and chips though right now and i i do have to say i'm so glad you brought up the hot dog because i was about to lose my mind if you didn't i just think it's wild it's wild to me that Fish and chips and corn dogs without the stick are basically, they're together. They're like best friends and they live together in the restaurants and you get them together. And it just makes me very, very happy. Very happy. Onward. Okay, back to Onward. I don't know how to watch it. It's probably on some streaming platform that I don't have. It sounds cool as shit. I haven't seen, you know, hardly any Pixar movies um, but it sounds cool, man. And Spencer, you better because you got yelled at for not watching it. So, huh? <laughs> Jules is going to come get you, man. Um, anyway, maybe we can all watch it at RichterCon 2020X. Yeah. So, do I have any more calls? Let's find out. Thanks for the calls, Jules. It's nice to have you back on the show. Hey, Joe, you've got your show paused after Joe's call. I'm pretty sure in Marvel it's a judge. Uh, the Dungeon Master's called the judge in in Marvel Superheroes DSR. Um, like I say, I'm driving. I'm not looking any of this up. Interestingly enough, the original title in OD&D was Referee. The original TSR title was Referee, and Dungeon Master came later, if, if I remember right. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. The referee was used before judge. But anyhow, let me listen to the rest of the show. It makes a lot of sense that referee came first because they probably just ported that over from war games into D&D. So, yeah, it, it makes total sense. I just, you know, I just, I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it, man. But that that's that's just me. I I get that a lot of people do like referee and they think it's a cool name. I just think Dungeon Master is a way cooler name than referee. Uh or judge like judge, judge. My last name means judge in like German, I think. Sometimes Richter. I think like when you look up meanings for 
names. Richter is like Judge. Um, yeah, Judge is okay. You think that for a superhero game, though, right? Like Joe for Reaver, he came up with Chronicler because that makes sense. Uh, for Cthulhu, it's Keeper, and I believe it's the full titles like Keeper of Arcane Secrets or something like that. But it's Keeper, which makes sense. So for a superhero game, pff, I don't know what would you call it. What's a good name for a superhero for the person who runs a superhero RPG? Would it be, like, The Watcher? For Marvel, it'd be The Watcher, right? That's what you... Boom, done. Brown bread, as my friend John Allen Large says. I think that's it. Let me get out of here. Thanks for the call, dude. The Watcher. Superhero games. But I guess only if it's Marvel. But yeah. What about for a generic superhero game that isn't Marvel? What do you guys think? I'm going to wrap this up. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning on a beautiful Saturday afternoon in April, uh, late April, 2023. A little hungover. I went out last night to see my friend Jacob, see his band play. One of his mini bands, uh, they are called Smoky Topaz, which that's a fun name for a band. And they're cool. <clears throat> this was my first time seeing this iteration of this particular band perform, so that's always fun. Plus, there was a friend of mine that I hadn't seen for a long time. She was there, so that was cool. Uh, I'm friends with one of the other guys. Well, a couple of the other people in the band. Um, and I, I was just thinking, how many shows have I been to of Jake and his bands. And I seriously, it's been since like Oh four probably is when I started. I think I moved up to Seattle in 2003 in the summer of Oh three. And then I didn't work for a while. I was playing a game. How long can Joe live in Seattle without a job? Cause I had some money saved up. And that lasted, I think, six months. So, yeah, I think 04 is probably when I started at the Old Town. And that's where I met up with Jake and started going to his shows for like, yeah, so for almost 20 years now, I've been going to his shows. And that's just, that's, that's fun. That's just fun, man. Um, and it was a good time. I drank a bunch of Rainier Tolls because that's, that's the way to go. And yeah, talked to a bunch of people, rocked out to some tunes. The guy before, he was a, a one-piece guy. He had what he called up on stage a guitar arsenal, like a guitar arsenal, but a guitar arsenal, because he had a bunch of different guitars, because he talked about how he hated tuning. And I couldn't really make out what he was doing, because I, I can't see for shit. But it looked like he would, he'd play a couple chords on the guitar and kind of put that on a loop and then pick up a different guitar and play over that. So he had like a rhythm section, but he was the rhythm section along with lead guitar and vocals. And <clears throat> kind of a vocals almost a little Neil Young, like a young Neil Young-ish 
Crosby, Sills, Nash, and Young. And he had one song. I didn't hear all the lyrics, but he had a goddamn Middle Earth song. And I was the only person, at least in my general vicinity, that recognized it was a Lord of the Rings song. And, I mean, somebody else had to, because dude name-dropped pretty much everything from Middle Earth. <laughs> like I said, I couldn't hear... The, the the chorus was something about making it back to the Shire and then making it back to Baggins, but he mentioned Isengard and Mordor and Moria and just I I just kept hearing Lord and I was looking around and nobody nobody seemed to pick it up except for me and I was just like oh man <laughs> yeah there's not I don't know I haven't found it at least. For over 20 years, I've been going to, like I said, I've been going to my buddy's shows, and he's been in a lot of punk rock bands and rock bands. This band is more of a, Smoky Topaz is more of like a bluesier, smoother type band uh, than rock, for sure. But, yeah, I've never run into other role players in the 20 years I've been going to shows. I, I just there's not a whole lot of overlap there which there should be it seems like there would be but I just haven't found it I have not found it but it was fun it was a good night uh, and so yeah now, today I'm just a little tie tie I'm just a little worn out you know went out to breakfast this morning to my little breakfast spot that was cool the dish those people are those people are nice there. They got a nice little crew that works there. If you get it, I got in there around nine this morning and it was fine. I got a seat right away. There weren't too many people. But by the time I left or was getting ready to leave, just like half an hour later or so, it was already full. That place, yeah, on a Saturday, Sunday morning, there if you don't get in there but like by nine o'clock, you're gonna be bummed out. So yeah, there you go. That's it. That's my day. I hope other fun stuff happens today, but I don't know. I did just get a package from Amazon today, and it contains a uh, a new bag of nice Dutch processed cocoa powder for my ice cream. So now I can make chocolate ice cream again, and that's pretty cool. What else? That's it, man. That's That's it the NBA last night while I didn't watch any of the games because I was out jeez man the Warriors totally screwed the pooch uh, they lost by like almost 20 I think they lost by 19 playing at home in a game in an elimination game where if they won they could have ended the series you think they'd be they play well but they came out playing like crap uh, and then the other game the Lakers game, LA versus Memphis. I don't, I didn't see that game, but I saw the score and I feel like Memphis didn't even try. They lost by goddamn 40 points. It was 125 to 85. That is ridiculous, man. That is absolutely ridiculous. Memphis didn't even try. They were the number two seed. The Lakers were seven. The Lakers were the seventh seed out of eight. So eight teams go to the playoffs uh, from the Western Conference and eight teams from the Eastern Conference go. So then the Western Conference all plays each other. 
Uh, and so, yeah, Memphis was the number two seed. So theoretically, the second best team in the Western Conference. And the Lakers just beat the shit out of them. It wasn't even close. Lakers are going to be trouble. And that's a bummer. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a bummer. Anyway, that's it. I'm going to get out of here this time for real. I hope everybody has an awesome day. I hope you guys are drinking enough water. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. I hope you're taking care of somebody else. And until next time, peace out.